Yup. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. The Knicks went one and three this week. Uh, they got their first win, though. There we go. Knicks, we're back on the board. Yeah. And team. They, they also finished this Sunday night with one of the worst basketball games you can watch as a fan of a sports team. We're not going to deep dive onto that. We, we will talk about some fun topics. Frank is climbing the, the ranks. We got our Frank guy, Ken, here, too. Hey, um, and there, there's, there is some interesting discussions in Knicks land this week to see, to see where this team is heading. So let's talk about it. Big Baby David, Ken Poon, myself, let's talk Knicks. I said, hey, what's up? Hello. Uh, welcome back to Talking Knicks. Uh, we are in good spirits, which is kind of shocking and shows how blinded we've been by the past two decades of Knicks basketball that we could watch the Sacramento Kings just kind of shit on us. Uh, there's no <laughs> say like, that on a I, podcast. I don't like I don't I genuinely don't like cussing, but that's what happened. And it, uh, it it's tough. But the Knicks get a win. Uh, we got some good stuff going on, and speaking of the good stuff, uh, Kenny Poon, how you doing, man? Ha- happy Halloween. Are we still – Halloween's over. Did you do Halloween? Uh, I did not really do much for Halloween. Um, I were already on to Thanksgiving in my, my family. My bro- brother had a, a Friendsgiving party on, on That is Saturday an early night. Friendsgiving. Yeah, especially since Thanksgiving's really early this year. It's uh, – the last week of of uh, November. Which <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't even know if that's Friendsgiving, man. I think I'm you guys saying. just had a dinner. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it yeah. was it was Thanksgiving themed, but it was pretty much just people having dinner. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of birthdays in my family happening and coming up. So we we knocked those all out of the park right away. You know, just uh, just good old fashioned family fun. What's your What's your all time best Halloween costume? I've been going as Aladdin for the last like 15 years okay. in a row, so Fair. that's that's about it. I I have that, and then I have an Olaf costume that I got on Amazon that I sometimes break out. Strong. Um, I brought that to a work party a while ago, and then I just left it in my office. And then like sometimes we work late in the office, and I'll just throw that on just to <laughs> to lighten the mood for right. <laughs> for the other people who are miserable in the office at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, the the Aladdin's a strong play. I did Aladdin one year. I was really excited. I was single. I just went straight vest, but the body was in decent shape. Um, and I was like, I'm totally going to bump into a Jasmine. And like, yeah. that's how my life is just going to end, I guess. And um, that's how you ended met Jess. Up, ended up meeting a Jasmine that uh, she wasn't my type. I'll, I'll say that. Me and Jasmine didn't hit it off. But uh, speaking of my new Princess Jasmine... Big baby David, how how are you doing, brother? Did you get sucked into Halloween? Um, yes and no. Um, no, I didn't actually do anything like fun or dress up anywhere because uh, I wasn't I wasn't invited anywhere. But on Halloween, I did uh, at the at the school I work at. Ah, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I uh, I don't know what big baby David is doing, but I like it. <laughs> um. I'll get back to you in a sec on what happened okay. there. But I I got stuck um, taking pictures at the uh, like local. It's called the tracker treat that the local kids come to the uh, 
like indoor track at our school so i got to like see some little kids dressed up and that was that was cute in a good way um yeah and uh so yeah that was that was my halloween i got Oh, we'll leave it at cute. Are you okay? Do we need to address anything? You're all right. Um, yeah. Well, behind the scenes, I absolutely forgot to do the thing where us clapping at the beginning matters. Um, so gotcha. that's just gonna make my life harder later. Good. That's fun. Good. I was well. That's kind of funny because I was gonna end whatever you said with like you're you're gonna edit this, so <laughs> sucks yeah. either way. So, anyways, um, that's good. All time best. How Halloween was your costume? Halloween, Jake? I think that's that's what the people are really wondering. That I need BBD's all time all time best Halloween first. Oh, sixth grade, I uh, dressed as Hannah Montana. Um, wow. Got the the blonde wig, put some socks in in a bra, and uh, how and, old? And went for it. I was sixth grade. That's, That's aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was funny. It was funny. I won the uh, the costume contest. Uh, wow. Real good introduction to middle school. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sixth grade. You're sick. Okay, cool. That's good. To yeah. Um, yeah. Mine. Mine was good. We had uh, uh, the girlfriend has a, a friend in town that they both had a mutual friend visit. Um, so I don't know. We, we like drank and stuff and I, I don't know. It was like three days and now I don't feel good. And it's like, I'm getting old. Life sucks. That's cool. And I'm, my Halloween is well known for my sexiness, like big baby David's Hannah Montana, I'm sure. But I, I just think it's, it's horrible that it's this women, female burden that they have to think they need to dress up sexy for Halloween. So I'm trying to bring that to the male side. And uh, there's there's some good old picks out there that you could dig up if you want. Um, speaking of sexy cats, not the New York Knicks. No, um, I don't know, guys. Is there? I, I I wrote down a couple big topics that I think we'll we'll get to in a little bit. Um, and I, I think one of them is that the Knicks are bad. Uh, our Tom Piccolo, who if you if you haven't listened to his the last podcast on talking Knicks, Tom went solo and he did some some really nice dives on some of the players. Go check that out. He'll be doing that every week. Uh, but I think Tom said it very clearly in our talking Knicks group chat that this Knicks team is bad, and we've you, you talk yourself into a lot during the off season that you know, hey, Bobby Portis, he might shoot forty percent from three, and these these guys could figure something out. Right now, I'll just I'll hand it off to you guys before we dive into the games. Are are we just flat out bad when when ESPN comes out with the NBA rankings and the Knicks are last? Do we have to like take an exhale and be like, yep? Or, or is there still hope in this group for anything? We're not that bad like tonight was bad um but we're not that bad we pretty much all of our games until tonight we were in it in the fourth quarter and then you know we lost and i know we're nowhere near the level of the you know like the super teams but all of the super teams that come together start out the season like around a 500 team for the first like 20 games as they start to gel and this is an entirely new team um, and since our players aren't that good, we're going to be a little worse than 500. And, you know, I fully expect them to get their act together and be be better. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how much better. I mean, I think our early season projections of around 30 wins might be high based on what I've seen. But I fully expect us to be a better team moving forward. And, you know, after 
10, 20 games in. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, we're not one of the very worst teams in the NBA. Charlotte still exists. Um, Sacramento, who just, yeah, I mean, they just took a big old mud pie on our chest and we didn't have a big Mm. enough slice, but they're bad too right now. (laughs) Some people have them as like a sneaky playoff team, which is kind of weird. There's a bunch of, there are a bunch of bad teams still. And I think when they do get their shit together, when more of the Knicks play, uh, you know, well, they can, they can win a good chunk of games. Now, I can't help but feel like I, I bamboozled myself again thinking they would get to 30 wins. Um, I'd be thankful if they got to, like, 25, and that feels optimistic for me right now. I'm at kind of a low. But they have been in just about every game, um, pretty late into the games, and, and there has been positive takeaways in most games. This most recent game sucked, though. Yeah, maybe if we stop going down early and we don't have to do a crazy comeback to be like, wow, that was fun, and then and then lose at the end. We joked about that tonight a little bit. But, yeah, I I don't know. There, There's a couple big question marks. Like, I think if you had told us this early season storyline about Frank, like playing good defense and being loved by the crowd and stuff, we'd be like, okay, that'd be a win early in the season. R.J. Barrett looking as good as he uh, as he has been looking, that's a pretty big win. I, I think Julius Randle, there's, there's got to be some kind of concern there. We gave that dude a lot of money, and he, his shots look broken a little bit. Let's, yeah. uh, let, let, let's get through the games. We'll, we'll circle back on some of these. And, fellas, the first game this week, Dub City. The Knicks hosted the Bulls. <laughs> when we're talking about some of the other bad teams around the NBA, we should mention the Chicago Bulls. Uh oh. The the Knicks do go down in the the first quarter. Chicago thirty three, the Knicks fifteen, and Chicago was actually kind of balling out. They were hitting their shots. They were playing suffocating defense, uh, and then the Knicks turned it around. They they won the next three quarters, including a dominant fourth quarter that they they won thirty three to eighteen. Garden was rocking, and uh, before we go through uh, the whole stat sheet, I mean this was the Bobby Portis game. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know that there's much else to talk about beyond Bobby Portis because he was without a doubt the story of the game. Um, Just going off for 28 points on 10 of 14 shooting, crazy efficiency with 11 rebounds, and hit those two big threes at the end. And uh, I just want to throw out there that Julius Randle assisted on both those threes with kind of nice driving dishes. So him he he was showing off the, the passing skills that, we kind of want to see from him but all around you know it's it's good to get a win and and Bobby Portis had the the garden crowd chanting his name which you know that's that's an exciting thing for anyone yeah that was awesome I don't know if this was the first time he got to face the Bulls since they traded him um I'm guessing the Wizards probably played him at some point last year but it definitely felt like from the second he got in he was out for revenge this game uh because I mean who doesn't want to beat their old team He's talked a lot about wanting to, uh, you know, prove doubters wrong and and be the man. He wants to be called the underdog. He plays with a log on his shoulder. I don't really know what that means, but that's what he keeps saying. Oh yeah. Um, I prefer his old nickname of Crazy Eyes. See that guy? Yeah. His eyes are nuts, but hit some big shots. <laughs> yeah, we might might be seeing some some Crazy Eyes talking Nick shirts uh, soon. 
And yeah, it's uh, it, it's probably my favorite moment of every Knicks season is when the first time the garden just rocks and goes nuts. And you're like, this is, I, I do get how it's corny that, you know, it's still called the Mecca. And if, if you're outside of Knicks land that you'd laugh at that because the Knicks haven't been <laughs> a great team at all. Uh, but when you see that happen and the place is chanting Pop, Bobby Portis and going nuts, um, I mean, it's a shout-out to the game Bobby Portis played. 10 of 14 from the field, 4 of 4 from 3, 11 boards. He was plus 31 <laughs> in his 30 minutes. Uh, and with the crazy eyes and his intensities. And there, there's a lot of fun NBA stuff here. Like you mentioned, he was on the Bulls. And I think Jim Boylan is their head coach's name. And he's this old school. He has the Chicago Bulls literally punching in to – to the office when they play their games in Chicago. He's that kind of old school guy. He said Bobby Portis is like his favorite player ever because Bobby Portis is also nuts. And uh, yeah, we saw Bobby going off and he, when he came into the game, he hit a couple shots and he was looking at that bulls bench. Like, yeah, man, the bitch is back. Um, So that, that was cool that Bobby Portis was, I I mean, he just had a a crazy game. And I think the other thing where, and I guess we'll start circling this into some of the Julius Randle discussion, like Ken mentioned, he, he is doing other things right now. The shooting is just, it's, it's a yellow flag, but Julius Randle in this game had 14 rebounds, five assists, uh, 13 points. He did have eight turnovers. So, okay, I'm going to put the turnovers and the shooting and make that (laughs) into a darker uh, orange flag that has me a little nervous, but no, I, I, I mean the the team comes back. R.J. Barrett, he gets nineteen, fifteen, and five. So again, like there's there are some good wins to be to be taken away from this early Knicks season. Like you know, we we thought R.J. Barrett would be good, or we hoped R.J. Barrett would be good, but the fact that he's putting up some games like this already is a great sign. Yeah. And uh, R.J. Barrett, I, I mean, I would argue has been, I don't know how, how arguable it is, but he's been our most, our best and most consistent player. Uh, Marcus Morris has been good at times. Uh, he's had up and down kind of games, but R.J. Barrett yeah. has been good kind of every game. Uh, and maybe we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit more later, but he has been playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. Just a lot of minutes. And I don't know how, how concerned we are about that, but uh, I'm sure we can, we can jump into that in a little bit but yeah um this is the this was the game with the 1915 and uh someone someone smarter than me on twitter posted that he matched Kristaps porzingis's career high in rebounds with that <laughs> 15 which is a fun stat i like that i enjoy that i like that a lot also and matched porzingis's career high in assists with five there we go we, are, we already we got a replacement the heir apparent man yeah, <laughs> everything's working. No, um, yeah, and Chris Stapps is actually taller than R.J. Barrett, so that's where the rebound thing is fun. That's a little little analytics for for the crew listening. Um, I I don't know a- anything else we have in this game. I, Wayne Ellington, he he was plus twenty one. He doesn't have a special box score really, but uh, I don't know. That's kind of interesting of note to me. Um, yeah, I I don't know anything else on this game. You got nah. nothing. Just Portis, Portis and Barrett, man. Yeah, Por- that's it. Portis, the the Garden was chanting Bobby Portis, which again, that's it's my favorite part of the season and maybe my least favorite part of the season because it's like, oh, that's how deprived we are of good basketball. Yeah. Sometimes makes you wonder yeah. what would happen if the team were finally good. I'm uh, so ready for that day. 
Yeah, and I, I guess we should probably mention that Alfred Payton got hurt in that game. Oh um, uh, yeah. So, do we uh, do we have a timetable on that Alfred Payton injury? Sure, someone does. I I don't know off the top of my head. I feel like <laughs> I should. I'll let I'll let a research and development get on to that, and I'll I'll move us on to the. Uh, the Orlando Magic game, and again, this was funny at the end of last episode. We we did our fake predictions, and we're like, I think the Knicks will sneak two out this week. And when they won the Bulls game, you're like, okay, maybe they will. Uh, spoiler doesn't happen. This Orlando game, uh, the high score was Randall with 16, uh, and that's kind of it. I mean, the the boys put up 83 points, which in today's NBA is pretty tough. Um, and you know at I'm not going to go on a rant saying, like, well, the Magic are better than you think they are. I mean, they're they're going to fight for a playoff spot in the East. But, yeah, I, I don't know. This this game, blah, midweek Orlando 83 points. Like, I, I don't have a lot of positive spins, and I normally do, fellas. Yeah, this was the one game I did not see a second of because I had to work. Um, so I got nothing. And, I mean, the the. Knicks played pretty solid defense in this game. They only gave up 95 points, but the offense struggled. Uh, they could not buy a bucket. 7 of 31 from 3 is not a great stat. No. 31 of 82 from the field, which is 37.8%. Also not a good stat. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, and this was also notable in that – before this game, it was uh, they, they said that Alfred Payton wasn't going to play, so everyone's like, "Oh, Alfred Payton's out, DSJ is out. They only have one point guard left, so that probably means right. that Frank's going to start." Wrong. They threw in Idiot. Wayne Ellington, Wayne Ellington, and let uh, R.J. Barrett technically run the point. Um, but Frank came in and had himself a a pretty solid all around game, uh, both defensively and offensively. So that was that was an exciting development, but. I mean, overall, I don't know how much there was to take out of this. This take away from this game, uh, Julius Randle with a 16, 10 rebounds and seven assists, which was good for him. I think he had four assists in like the first five minutes, so slowed down after that. But yeah, pretty, and that's pretty good game. I, I think the only other thing of note, because I I do want to have a conversation about Frank, and it it will lead us into the Boston game a little bit. Um, because that was kind of the story coming into it. Uh, but we, this was also the return of Damian Dotson, pretty much. Damian Dotson plays 13 minutes, had had a rotation spot for a night. Um, <laughs> and, again, you can have some fun with box scores. He was plus 10. Um, Led the team. Which was the, which was the best on the Knicks. Um, and, yeah, I, th- they, I, I think what the story of this game is, if, if you're zooming out, I mean, the Magic starters dominated us all – all of the Magic starters were plus 17 or better. Um, I don't know. M- midweek game in Orlando, I-, I feel like if I say that one more time, it, it starts getting to the point where it's mean. But I, I think we can kind of – a couple ugly shooting nights. Yeah, let's 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 bring it to Bastin because um, this was fun. Uh, Enos Cantor clearly ducking us. Um, obviously, obviously doesn't want that smoke. Uh, we go to the Boston Garden, and uh, the Knicks – I don't know. This was kind of fun. They they were exchanging body blows for a little bit, and you were you were expecting that Knicks moment where you were going to look down and you were going to look back up and it'd be like, oh, Boston just went on a, a 12-0 run and they took over this game. That didn't happen. 
Unfortunately, <laughs> we get it a little more crushing with Jason Tatum at the buzzer. Um, so, yeah, Knicks lose in Boston. But Marcus Morris, he goes off against his old team. 29 points, 9 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals. That's like, that's Andre Kirilenko shit. Um, and the... I, I think what was the big story, and I don't know if we want to do the whole thing now, but Frank gets the start, and it's it's exciting times. It's Frank's got good energy off the court. Fizdale feels like he's buying in. It's kind of fun because this seems like the ideal place you'd want Frank to start because it's Kemba Walker, who, again, I'm a huge UConn fan, so I love Kemba Walker. But that's the kind of player that if Frank develops into what we want him to – Frank can smother Kemba. He's got crazy length compared to Kemba Walker. And Kemba Walker's kind of the, the head of the snake to that offense. And uh, Kemba does get 33 in this game, by the way. Uh, not not all of that was on Frank. But, yeah, the, I think Frank's the story. And, Ken, if it's going to be Frank, I'm, I'm going to need to hear from you on it, dog. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what – that game is kind of what we want from Frank – just as a player, and I know I've said in previous podcasts, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to be, you know, highlight plays all over the place. He's going to be a solid player for a good team. And, you know, this is a game where he played good defense all around. He had a solid offensive game, like didn't do anything spectacular offensively, but, you know, 10 points, uh, three rebounds, two assists to go along with three steals and a block and, you know, just some solid all-around defense. And that's that's what we want, you know. We have a lot of guys in this team who put up a lot of shots. We don't have a lot of guys who play defense. And, you know, at some point you need one of those guys. And for this team, it's it's Frank and it's uh, Mitchell Robinson. And, and when both of them are out there, the, the defense just looks so much better. Yeah, we're not asking for a ton from Frank. He gave us, like – all we need in this game, just putting up the good defense, giving you, you know, making the shots he has to take because he's open. Um, yeah, it was, it's refreshing to see him just have, like, a complete solid game for, like, the first time he got a real chance this year. Was it this game or the Magic game that he hit the half-court shot? That uh, was the Magic. That, that was the Magic right. game, yeah. Right. Uh, that was – that was yeah, you were like, okay, I – I tweeted out that Frank was going to be in the three-point contest because he has to be. Um, but, yeah, and, and and that's the funny thing about Frank, and, and I, I'm going to kick it back to you guys, but are we – because we, we've seen this online, we've seen this in our own Knicks chat, but we almost set the bar so low for Frank that in his the game against the Bulls, he was playing good defense. He went 0 for 6 from the field, but Knicks Nation was still like, all right, Frank. Like, we got it. And it's like, yeah, that bar is a little too low for the lottery pick guy we took a couple years back. Um, but I, 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 I do think this game is a really, like you said, it's a good example of this is what Frank can be doing on a night-to-night basis. He go 10 points, three steals, two assists, three rebounds, uh, one block. He's got the only zeros in his box score are the free throw line, which, yeah, Frank, you're a big dude. Start start trying to get to the line. That would be a nice way for you to get some free points eventually. But I, I think this game is a good bar to have for Frank this season, which, again, that's going to be a tough concept for some Knicks fans. But I think if, if we can start getting some of these on a regular basis, then it's like, okay, Frank, this offseason go to the drawing board and decide 
are you going to try to get to the free throw line more? Are you going to just shoot corner threes? Like, what can you evolve your offense into? But for now, this is this is fair of what we should be asking, right? Yeah, and I mean, like I said, we're not – he's – Frank's not a, you know, guy that's going to go out there and force the issue. And this is a team of a lot of p- players who are going ISO and things like that. And he's a guy who's trying to move the ball and keep the offense kind of going and take what – take what's given to him rather than forcing anything um so he's he's a guy that i see as more of a glue guy who's going to do you know all of the little things that no one else wants to do and he's going to do them well and you know he just needs a chance to to be able to do that and and i know i've said this in previous years and i'm going to say it again the the kind of iso heavy offense makes it very difficult for him to do that um just because you know, he's not getting that many easy shots uh, just out of the offense. And a lot of people are just, uh, particularly tonight, maybe that's just taking my head too much, particularly um, there's just been a lot of, you know, one-on-one pull-up jumpers from the mid-range. And, you know, that, that yeah. doesn't create the great o- the greatest um, opportunities for a guy like Frank. Yeah, and, and part of it, circling back a little bit to Jake's point on you know setting the bar kind of low for him, you know, part of it is when he was drafted, he was the youngest or second youngest player in his draft class, and we were all told he was like three years away from, you know, being what from being able to be what we think he can be in the NBA. So it's year three now, uh, and he wasn't really getting the minutes we want to see from him. So for it being the first real game. Like, yeah, this was really good. Um, but I don't know what we should be expecting moving forward because if he's going to get back to having less minutes when once, you know, DSJ and Peyton are, like, playing again, um, it puts us in a tough spot. So I guess a lot of it is on Fizdale to get him regular minutes and we can figure out what, what he is, what you do. And then next summer he can figure out what he does. What exactly <laughs> he does here. And, um, and I think and that – that might bring us into the next game. I don't know if I'm cutting you off, Jake, because this was a Greg, – Greg brought it up in our group chat, but this was a weird game where Frank only played 15 minutes, um, and I know one of, the, one of the arguments might be, well, this was a blowout loss. Maybe they were just trying to you know, keep him healthy and not, not push him because they didn't need to uh, because he was in early, early foul trouble, so maybe you know, just sit him for the second half so he doesn't you know, do anything stupid and – get an injury but then you look at rj barrett playing 41 minutes so that's probably not how fisdale thinks about stuff so i mean i i would think that particularly a guy who played a played a good game our last time out and a guy who you know you're trying to build his confidence maybe get him out there and get him some run in a in a game and just you know let him do what he can do yeah and i uh, the only thing i closing off on frank is something that BBD said that if, if you didn't hear it, I think it's important is that he, he, Frank was supposed to be a project. You know, Frank was a European player. He was young and toolsy. Um, and I we used to have a different timeline for those players. It used to be like, all right, this, this is going to take some time to see what comes together. Uh, basketball and every other sport. I mean, look at quarterbacks in the NBA now. Look at the young players throughout baseball. We expect results early. And Frank, uh, you know, even 10 years ago, we we wouldn't have had the bar as set high as we, we did. 
Um, now I think coming into the season the bar was crazy low, and I, I hope we're <laughs> raising it a little yeah. bit. But if you're if you're a frank detractor, I, I think that's that's important to talk about. Um, and I yes, this 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 final game, the Sacto game, Kenny mentioned it. I, there was no energy. It was an awful game. Um, it, it's it's kind of pathetic. The Knicks, flat. the the Knicks for the quote-unquote talent on this team, you you just can't do that. And I, I don't know if that's unfair or not. I mean, sure, you're going to have a couple duds here and there, but at, at the Garden this early in the season against a team that, if you play well, that you you could win this one. Um, that that did kind of hurt. Um, Mitch's box score ends up looking pretty okay. Um, and Marcus Morris was the only one that kept this from being a 50-point loss. Uh, he, he was balling out at the beginning. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, at first, I thought I was going to be pretty stern on Fizdale because why is R.J. Barrett playing 41 minutes in this game? But I guess it's still young enough into this season where I can be like, all right, I, you know, R.J. Barrett plays 41 minutes. He's playing well. He, he can get his reps. But, yeah, like I, I don't want to be here in April and being like, yeah, R.J. Barrett played 45 minutes in a loss and he, he rolled his ankle. It's like I, I think for now I'm okay with it, but definitely like not past Christmas. I don't think I'm okay with it at any point. And this okay. – there was a – I don't know how long it ago it was, but ESPN did a report on just like the most common – the correlations between injuries and the amount of time played and travel and other things like that. And there's just such a high correlation between usage and, you know, injuries. And that's why you see so many players that just get rest days. And that's why the Spurs have done what they have done for so long. And that's why last year Kawhi Leonard just sat out a bunch of games just because the more you play, like the more you're on the court playing actual minutes, the more likely you are to get injured. And, you know, the longer that you do that, the more likely you are to get injured. And you saw, again, you see the, saw this with the um, Bulls under Tom Thibodeau when all of them played just a ridiculous amount of minutes, and then all of them had injury problems later. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, subscribe to the subscribe to the whole idea that he's young and he's he can go out there and play as much as he can because that's just the, – the stats don't back that up. And at some point someone has to, you know, bring that up that – there is a reason that this is that people are moving away from this and there are statistics to back that up so you know maybe in a when you're down 30 points in the fourth quarter let rj barrett sit, sit a couple of minutes i don't know yeah i'd be fine with it if this was like the one-off like whatever in the blowout we're just gonna let rj go nuts play 40 minutes but he's been playing you know high 30s minutes like every game i don't know what the lowest amount of minutes he's played in the game is but he's certainly not had a game where he's played less than 30 minutes um so i definitely don't want to see them run him into the ground i guess you'll give him these first 10 i'm willing to give him the first you know 10 12 games whatever to run him out there just like throw him to the wolves a little bit but pretty soon i definitely want to see him get a little less run just so we can like you said make sure he doesn't get injured moving forward or also just keep the rest up in general so the minutes will be more effective so he won't be where he will be you know tired yeah, and so just on the season, he's averaging 37 minutes a game. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is a lot. Yeah, and I, I'm I don't know I'm I'm kind of getting pulled in two directions because Ken, you do mention that Bulls team, and obviously there's there's science behind this stuff now, but I mean that was, you know, Joe Kim Noah went went to Florida, they won a couple titles, and then he was in the NBA for a couple years, and they did that. I mean, even 
Derrick Rose was young, but he was older. I mean, R.J. Barrett is 19, um, and I, I, you know, this is obviously not a fair comparison because because this guy's not human. But I'm, <laughs> I am now <laughs> looking at LeBron James's game logs from his rookie season in the NBA. He played 38 games, 40 minutes or more. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I totally get it, and I think I get. For, for this game, the Sacramento game, where there was no en- energy and the team was lifeless, like, yeah, I think we could cut off R.J. Barrett at the 35-minute mark and throw Iggy in there for a couple more minutes. It's not going to change what happens. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I do have the uh, – I don't know if this is, like, old athletics now, but, like, he's a kid. Go run. Play ball, dude. I mean, minutes are minutes, man. Like – that that's just what the science says and that's that's my concern and and his so his 37.1 minutes per game are fourth in the league behind Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet and Damian Lillard. So jeez. It's a lot of minutes for a young guy who's never played a full NBA season before and like I think uh Clyde mentioned it that typically with young players like this you hit around the all-star break and that's when the season normally ends for them in terms of, you know, games and, and minutes. And that's when they hit a wall. So, you know, I just, I'm in favor of just pumping the brakes on, on his minutes just a little bit. Yeah. We have Kyle seen Kyle a little Lowry. bit. It's my guy. Um, yeah. Vill- Villanova. Um, Okay, so I've I've got w- one conversation, and I, I don't know if this is a full convo or or it just it's a thought I stumbled into, and I I said it before talking about Kemba Walker, but it's it's the head of the snake, and I I think it's it's an interesting conversation because it brings in Frank, and it brings in Alfred Payton who is out, and and the Knicks have now played a couple ugly games without him, and Tom Piccolo had a stat on on the last podcast that said the when Alfred Payton was on the court, his uh, the Knicks put up uh, 122 points um, per per six, 48 minutes or whatever it is. Uh, when he's off, I think it drops into the high 80s or 90s. Cheats uh, so facto, Alfred Payton, when he's been on the court, the Knicks offense has been good. Um, I'll, I'll get myself out of the stats world because I, I ugly it up pretty bad. And I, I think what's interesting there, and, you know, me and Tom went back and forth a little bit this offseason because you're right. I mean, Alfred Payton isn't the ideal point guard um, for a lot of teams because he can't really stretch the floor, um, and, and the Knicks need that. The whole NBA needs that. But what Alfred Payton can do is run an offense, and, and, and Tom was talking about that a little bit. And early on, we're seeing some results. And I think that's what's interesting that ties into Frank Nilakina too, is that in that Chicago's Bulls game where he goes 0 for 6, um, and we're talking about, like, Frank does a lot of little things, and he, he plays good defense and stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. And we, we've been doing a good job of trying to portray that. There's been a couple steals that were f- caused by Frank, but he doesn't get it. Um, but I, I, think, I think that's an interesting thing, that when Alfred Payton does come back, um, I like him being the head of the snake for our offense, and I like Frank trying to attack the head of the snake for the other team's defense. Um, so I don't, I don't even know if that was just a weird rant and you guys want to totally ignore it or, or if there's thoughts to be had there. I'm going to keep tying everything back to R.J. Barrett playing less minutes. And right now, if 
that means that RJ could get some time on the bench because right now he is our backup point guard and our starting shooting guard. Um, I think I'd be I'd be generally for just mixing it up. And and like I said early in the season, this is a season that you know it doesn't matter what happens. So try some it's things. It's fine. You know? Yeah, it's fine. Just try some things and see what happens. Yeah, that that is exactly where I'm at. We're especially after the start to the year. I, I I think it's safe to say this Knicks team isn't going to win anything substantial and Whoa, chasing don't tell Greg wins. That. Don't Whoa. tell Greg that. He's still uh, he's Greg, still team don't championship. <laughs> they, <laughs> the, this team isn't gonna isn't going. We're not trying to chase every win, you know. So. Just try some stuff out. Figure out which guys you like seeing play together because all these guys also have the team options moving forward. You want to figure out which guys you might want to keep. Um, so figure out who is good and who's good together and, and who you like. Um, just try some stuff out and, yeah, get get RJ off the, off the court a little bit. Man, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting, getting back into some positive spins. RJ Barrett has been really good uh we should cut his minutes a little bit but that's uh uh, as a reminder being a knicks fan that that's let that be the takeaway whenever you're gonna have the nights like this be like damn rj barrett is good um and let me let me jump in and say the reason that big baby david and i want rj barrett to play less is because he's so good and we would like him to stay healthy and be good when the team is good not because any knock on rj barrett because we love him it's out i of love love. seeing him i love that i want him to play less and i'm not clamoring for him to play more like the last couple of years with frank where i felt like he wasn't playing a lot or like back when like porzingis first came uh first came in the first few games he's coming off the bench it's like no let me see more of the new guy um so it's nice to see our new guy like get some run but that's actually a great point that's a great point. How how frustrating would that be if if Barrett was limited to twenty five minutes per night? How how hard would we be breaking tables and stuff? Um, so yeah, the Knicks are playing good players. Let's let's enjoy that. <laughs> let's enjoy that. Uh, but I, I I do think in this this brings us to another thing that I I don't know if this is a topic for you guys. Are you guys having like any Fizdale thoughts? Like I'm. I don't know, man. I'm kind of disappointed. The The whole reason uh, – this is where I find myself. If it's 11.45, maybe I I have a little bit of the devil seaweed on my couch. Me and my dog are staring at each other. And I'm thinking, we hired David Fisdale because he was well-liked by players in the league. And then we lost out <laughs> – well, no, we didn't lose out in free agency. We did get our guy in Julius Randle. But I don't know. Like, I – I just don't feel that there's been a given night, and I guess it's the catch-22 with this because you do look at his roster and you're like, oh, but I don't know. I'm I'm not high on Fizdale. If, if anything, I'm – I mean, I'm the chart's going downwards. I, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, – you know, I gave him you know, a big pass for everything last year because – I mean, that Knicks team was so bad that he couldn't do anything to keep up from having, like, the worst record. But yeah, coming into this year, bad. yeah, <laughs> but coming into this year, you know, we'd heard that we hired him because players like him, and it's going to attract free agents, and he's good with, like, young players at developing them a little bit. And we kind of haven't necessarily seen that. 
jury's still out on the young guys, but uh, we certainly didn't get the free agents we thought we were targeting. Um, and I and nobody thinks that this is what the Knicks thought they were getting this offseason. And every game individually, I feel like I'm, I'm finding many things I'm frustrated with uh, Fizdale about. Now, we're not beyond the point of no return. He can certainly sway me back the other way, but I've not been thrilled uh, with, with the regular season performance he's put out this year with, and his rotations, all that. Yeah, and I, I agree with all that. Um, I know when they were looking for a head coach, Fizdale, I think, was number two on my list behind Budenholzer. Uh, and I believe they everyone was saying, and everyone says a lot of things, they said that Kevin Durant was coming to New York, but everyone was saying that Budenholzer wanted to go to New York, and then they hired Fizdale. So like, looking back, maybe that stings a little bit, just because now, now Coach Bud is killing it in Milwaukee, and he has just kind of shown an ability to develop, play, to develop players and like have an actual game plan and uh, is a good X's and O's coach, whereas... Fizz, they said again that his whole thing was he has good relationships with players. He's a player's coach, and people like him. And I just haven't seen much of the actual in-game coaching that I would like to see. Uh, like I said earlier, there's a lot of a lot of ISO mid-range jumpers, contested mid-range jumpers that I don't love seeing. Rather than you know any sort of comprehensive offense, and uh, there were they've been switching on every screen lately which I don't love because it ends up in a lot of mismatches that I don't want to see. Um, Mitchell Robinson is a good defender, but I don't want to see him guarding De'Aaron Fox at the top of the key. Uh, it's just not what you want. So, you know, I I would like to see some sort of strategy and some sort of, you know, ideas of what is going on rather than just kind of throwing out players and let them pl- letting them play. But, that I mean, that's where I'm at right now. Like like uh, BBD said, maybe maybe I see something, and it's not you know out of the question that he'll change my mind. But I'm just not happy with that aspect of things right now. Yeah, and I, I mentioned I normally have these conversations on my couch with Noodle the Doodle Dog. Noodle actually just chimed into my ear with the perfect counter argument, and he said, "He's like, hey, how's that Golden State head coach look now without Curry, Clay, and Durant?" Um. And I was like, wow, Noodle, that's like that's really good point. that's a good fucking counter argument, but just chill out about it. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, it does end up tying back into the young players because if we're at the end of the season, the Knicks suck, but R.J. Barrett's looking like this R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, um, if, if he looks good, if he can progress a little bit, I feel like uh, we're, we're ready for like a crazy Mitch Rob game. Like we need that like – eight block night that hopefully that game's coming too. I just got myself excited for this week's Knicks games. Yes. I think that's why I <laughs> podcast now to get myself excited to watch the Knicks games. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I think, and I have forgot about awards, but I think I'm going to make up a quick award. And just cause this guy, uh, I've wanted, to, I, I think he would be the next topic of conversation conversation. Um, but I, I'm going to give out the, Hey, hey, where's your shot award? Um, and it's I, I it, think I know it's going to Julius Randall because, man, I mean, I, I've watched some Julius Randall. It's it's obviously different when a guy joins your team. Um, and and I didn't think he was going to be, you know, sniping threes. But last year he shot 34 percent 
on 2.73. He made a three-point shot a game. He'd, he'd go one, one for three um, was, was kind of what he was doing. I mean, we've had the Bulls game. Um, he, he was getting disrespected almost. I, I guess th- that's the conversation. And he, he clearly hasn't fully meshed yet. Fizdale said before this game um, that he's looking for something to kind of spark Julius Randle's offensive game, and maybe it is the front court pairings right now. Um, maybe he needs a little more love than from a point guard. Uh, but right now, Julius Randle's shot is not a threat. Um, and, and I don't know, I guess that's just something I didn't, I didn't expect. And I'm hoping that I'm going to look back Christmas, February and be like, yeah, thank, thank God his shot came back to being average. Cause right now it's, it's bad. He comes into today's game. I don't, I'm assuming these numbers don't include today. Uh, he's one of 15 on the year entering tonight from three. So that's, he's just a non-factor. Uh, from deep, and he went oh he went oh for three tonight. So one for eighteen on the year then, and he entered tonight with twenty eight turnovers, and that leads the NBA. Uh, and he doesn't play point guard. I should uh, point that <laughs> out. So <laughs> he got he only got one tonight, um, but twenty nine. I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that still leads the NBA. And we're talking about his shot, but also like the turnovers are a problem too. So maybe like fix one of those problems quick. So we're down to one problem. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, the turn the turnovers. There's been a couple a couple bizarre games that hopefully that comes back down to earth. I know Kenny, you're you're kind of the shooter on the podcast. Um, I mean, do you just do you do we not? Do we have to not think about Julius Randle as a shooter at all? Because, I mean, it's not his game. But, I mean, right now, people are sagging off of him from, like, the free throw line. <laughs> like, yo. Yeah, and I think it's going to be different this year for him because he is getting, like, they're throwing a lot of bodies at him, like a lot of bodies when he gets into the paint. Um, and I don't know if that's having an impact, but I think, you know, I'm – surprisingly not all that worried about him and I said this maybe last week but him and Marcus Morris are two guys who have been doing this for a little while and I'm you know pretty confident in their ability to you know get their act together over time Uh, so I mean right now he's not hitting his shots but I think eventually it'll all figure itself out and he'll he'll make a few and he'll he'll go on a hot streak and it'll all kind (laughs) of regress to the mean so I'm not worried you guys should probably shouldn't worry I I wouldn't worry about it Perfect. Um, yeah. Problem solved. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's huge it. news. That's it. That's um, all. Do you guys uh, – it's a tough one to one-up, but do you guys have maybe a quick award or, or a player that, that's on your mind that you feel Knicks fans I need to a, hear about? I got a quick one. It's kind of – it's okay. a, a, a lot of a continuation of the previous conversation, so quick conversation. Perfect. But um, it's uh, – I'll call this the Proclaimers Award. And uh, it, it does go to R.J. Barrett because he would walk 500 miles and 500 more, um, a little bit more. He uh, Coming into today, he had the most miles per game in the NBA, uh, 2.83. Nice. Um, oh. And Fred Van Vliet is also up there at 2.8. Justice Winslow, Tobias Harris, Gordon Hayward, and Kyle Lowry round out the top six there. Uh, as far as the miles per game thing, I don't know uh, so much about what that means specifically, but tying the bow on 
the the earlier conversation um just i don't need to see him run around this much a lot of mileage on those legs wow that was there's references there's advanced stats there that's that's everything david thank you thank you i have a hot take award okay i don't i I don't i i feel like people aren't gonna like this one but this is my hot take award sounds perfect (laughs) it's uh it's the i think you should leave award Ooh. okay and i'm giving it to marcus morris who has been our best player this last week uh he's been our best player and i've said i said this before the season started that i think He's a guy that we might want to trade because he's going to have some value. Um, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure they can't trade him until like December, anyways. But I think he's a guy that I would like to see not on the team anymore. Um, not because he's a bad player, but because he has some value and the way that he plays is not conducive to um, developing young players. He has a lot. He does a lot of you know ISO from the from the elbow and doesn't really get other players involved. So I think he should leave. You guys have any any thoughts on that hot take? Uh, I I don't hate it. It's a that's a good way to phrase what I have been kind of thinking about him. Was just like, I think he's a good player and all. I just kind of don't like watching him, and it doesn't help anyone else. Just the way he plays, because his style. He's the type of guy that's supposed to help put like a good team over a hump of some sort, and that's not really what this team's about. So. And yeah, I, and also, also like, know, go ahead. I also don't know if it's because he came to the Knicks, but like he's he seems like he's just trying to show up and trying to like, yeah, yeah he's he's on this one year contract, so he's gonna boost his stats, make him look real good, and get a get a nice deal next year. I don't know how yeah. much of it is that, and how much of it is just like I didn't didn't watch him play enough, and this is just how he plays. Yeah, I guess I, I I've not watched a ton of him, but something that just surprises me watching him play. You know, seven games now. I did not know he dribbles this much. Like, yeah, I thought he just stopper. kind of stood in the corner. No, he. Uh, Mar- Marcus Morris plays like he he knows he's good. <laughs> like he he's uh he's that guy in the gym that if he gets the rock, you're like, okay, like this guy is good, and there's a good chance he makes the shot. But also, you're kind of shooting a lot, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, man. Can you just let um, us play it, a little? Yeah, it, it really is. It, and we talked about this before the season, and we wondered what it was going to look like. But it, it's a mind fuck because, yeah, like, there's been a couple nights when he's been the best player on the court for the Knicks. But, again, what does that mean? Uh, kind of nothing, um, especially for this Knicks season. And, yeah, I, I think – you know, we we got ourselves excited last year about potentially a Noah Von Ley trade or, you know, what what can we flip what could we flip Courtney Lee for? And we kind of ignored we had a little bit of Nick's blinders on. You know, their their contracts or one had a contract thing, Noah Von Ley, don't think he's that good. Marcus Morris, uh, if he finds himself on the right team, he can become really well liked, I think, because I don't know. I just feel like so much of the playoffs in these recent years, you see a second unit come on and a team just doesn't have someone that can score on their second unit. Or you see them sagging off. If if there's one guy on your offense who can't score, defenses will leave them be. Like Ben Simmons, like essentially wasn't getting 
guarded because he can't shoot from outside of 18 feet. It feels like Marcus Morris can body up someone pretty good on defense. And if he was out there, you know, being kind of the go-to guy for a second unit, like I, I think he, he could win you a playoff game. It's, it's my opposite of Marcus Smart. Marcus hmm. Morris could win you a playoff game. Marcus Morris is a good player, and I'm not taking yeah. any w- anything away from that, but that's that's not kind of what. Well, I was gonna say that's not what we need, but what we need is good players. We just yeah, don't need we, a we don't need a guy on a one year contract who's not gonna be here when the team is good, taking up this much of the shots while not involving his teammates. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a it, it's not a we dislike them thing. It's just uh, as soon as the Knicks get an offer, they like take it thing yeah (laughs) yeah don't don't necessarily stew on it um again yeah maybe the thing is the award should be backwards maybe marcus morris should be telling the knicks to leave so there's good (laughs) more good basketball players um it's a good idea yeah okay and uh, i this is just a fun fact this is a stat that i think you would like ken because i know you were you were battling this war a little bit on the internet slash i think zach Lowe kept saying it coming into tonight Coming into tonight, uh, the Knicks were 12th in the league in three-point shooting percentage. Um, and I just know that that was a battle that you were fighting a little bit because he, he was being brutal on the the Knicks, quote-unquote, shooters coming into this year. Yeah, everyone, like, I don't know. Everyone seems to think that players on the Knicks can't shoot, but they are, in fact, capable shooters. And I think that that goes back to last year when – when Lowe was talking that ish about the Knicks throwing out lineups without any capable shooters when Lance Thomas was one of the people he listed and he was shooting 40% at the time on like three attempts. So weird thing, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that the Knicks are taking it up, although it is early in the season, and I have to imagine that tonight's game did not help them in that category. Probably uh, not. But, you know. What, what do I know? They went eight for thirty-one tonight, which is twenty-five percent, twenty-five point eight percent. So, might might see that tick down a little bit. Yeah, Tre- trending yeah. downward. <laughs> not not ideal. Um, I don't know, boys. I, I think uh, 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 any other any other guys we we fully miss. Not a ton of Knox Knox Trier talk this up. Um, a- anything else you guys need to get off your chest, player wise? Um. Uh, in general, Knox, more of the same from last week. Liked what I saw enough. Keep doing good. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I mentioned to you guys, guys, I feel like Wayne Ellington has my dream life where he just comes yeah. into the games and just launches up threes at an alarming rate, which is <laughs> fun for me. Uh, but this past week he hit only 23.1% on six and a half per s- shots. So you know, I'm I'm sure that will that will bump up a little bit over time because he's a he's a pretty good shooter. But um, I wish I could do that. You know, just get up there and start launching. I, start I launching. More, just try more, on defense. More yeah. importantly, uh, and this is gonna sound dumb, but that's kind of my forte. Yo, Wayne Ellington gets to shoot cool threes. Wait, Wayne yeah, Ellington gets, gets, gets to come around the. Sc- he gets to come around the screen, not think at all, and bomb it. Um, and either yeah. way, it's a good shot. Like he's respected as a good shooter. Um, yeah. So that's that kind of is crazy. That like he's he's got one of the greenest lights in the NBA currently. Wayne Ellington, how about that? Um, 
boys this week. Um, Pistons, Dallas, Cleveland coming up. Um, so, hey, the the KP game, that'll be exciting a little bit. Maybe mm. that can be Mitch Robb's breakout game I've been asking for. He can block KP like five times. Would be nice. Okay. I'm juiced would up. Be, would be fun to beat Cleveland, too. Yeah. That'd be nice. And might what as well game. get that Cle- Cleveland win. I think the Pistons have actually played a couple good games in a row now. Uh, um, they, they threw out a stat on tonight's broadcast that uh, Drummond had three straight 2020 games. He's he's another UConn guy from Connecticut, actually, Middletown, Connecticut. Yeah. So shout, shout out Andre Drummond, probably a friend of the program, if I had to guess. Oh, he is. So have Likes yeah, have us. have fun with Andre Drummond, Nick's big man. Um, I don't know, boys. I, I think that's it. Um, thank thank you, fellas, as always. Um, tune in. Leave a review if you want, but tune in. Uh, I think we're going to have Tommy P with his his weekly special, if you have a creative name on that. Uh, chime in. Went pick and roll last week. That's kind of an old one. Um, yeah, I'll, Greg, I'll get you. Greg's sh- joining him on that one, too. Yeah, Greg, Greggy P will be there. Uh, we'll, we'll see what that's on. Maybe we'll bully them into a topic if, if you got a good one. Um, but, yeah, t- tune into that. Uh, those, those are going to be regular. Those are good. And, and for now, um, I think we should leave and, uh, let's go Knicks. Knicks tape.